الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر ان الانسان لفي خسر الا الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر صدق الله العظيم respected mothers and sisters and students of deen once again i should apologize for the delay but all these things unfortunately sometimes this happen that some things get delayed nevertheless last week we had discussed a bit about adab and respect and since we had commenced a topic i feel it would be better to just mention a few things more in the same line may allah taala make it a means of benefit for me and benefit for all of us the speaker is more in need of all these things than the listeners and this is the niyat that we have to speak with and the niyat with which we have to listen with that we may be granted the tawfiq to make amal so nevertheless as mentioned last week that adab is not something as an optional ingredient in our lives adab is something which is compulsory like one is you get farz namaz person has to perform the farz there is no question about that and then you get the nafil namaz the nafil namaz is very beneficial and great rewards but if a person did not perform ishraq for example his whole life he didn't perform one ishraq then he won't be taken to account for it on the day of qiyamah that why didn't you perform ishraq because it's nafil when it comes to adab adab is not of that nature that it is nafil a person if he wishes to be respect, respectful then fine and if he doesn't wish to be respectful then not a problem he can carry on as he wishes no this is far away from the reality the reality is that adab is compulsory and as mentioned that ba adab ba naseeb be adab be naseeb that the one with adab will gain a lot and the one without adab will be deprived so nevertheless to continue with this discussion when it comes to adab we'll see that in every facet of deen this adab is a primary thing for example if we take our interaction with people so the person that we interact with most and who has the most right over us is our parent our parents have the most right over us nobody else has greater right than us over us than our parents in terms of other human beings they have the greatest right now how has allah taala emphasized respect for parents in which manner they cannot be a more eloquent way after all the quran kareem is the word of allah tabarak wa taala and it is the word of the king of all kings so the quran kareem allah taala says wala taqul lahuma uff wala tanharhuma they don't even say uff to them 
In other words, don't even make any sound that indicates irritation. So now this is being mentioned because normally a person expresses the slightest bit of irritation by means of some sound, make oof, or make which whatever word, ach, or whatever it is. So it is not restricted to saying oof, but meaning in any way, even if it means by facial expression. By facial expression also, don't express any irritation with your parents. Now, this is not something that is optional. The Quran Kareem is speaking about it. Allah Ta'ala is giving this command in the Quran Sharif. Now, what is this all about? This is nothing but respect. Nothing but respect. Now, our biological parents, whose children we are, they have the greatest right upon us. And therefore, this is the extent of respect that we have to show to them. Then we get next in rank after the biological parents is the rank of the spiritual parents. Who are the spiritual parents? Anyone and everyone who we learn deen from, in whichever capacity. If we have learned deen from somebody, then they have a tremendous right upon us. And those who understood this right, then we find Hazrat Abdullah ibn Abbas Who is he? He's a great Sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu He's the cousin of Nabi sallallahu So he's not just one of the Sahaba. Any Sahabi is very great, but he's among the very high-ranking Sahaba. And somebody who is of such close family ties also with Nabi sallallahu So he's part of the family of Nabi sallallahu Despite having all this status and privilege, yet we find that after the time of Nabi Wasallam, he is sitting at the doors of his ustads and waiting for them in the heat of the day to come out. He does not even want to knock on the door to cause any kind of disturbance. He would wait when that ustad would come out for his own need. He doesn't even know that Abdullah bin Abbas is waiting outside. When this person, this ustad would come out for whatever work, at that time he would then present himself, that I needed to find out this, I needed to inquire about that. And in this way, he humbled himself in front of his teachers. And people would even, uh, sort of, they would uh, object to this, object meaning in a, in a friendly way, that why didn't you f- knock on the door, why didn't you announce your... Uh, arrival or that you are waiting here you remained waiting outside for so long you would have come out immediately why didn't you immediately inform us he would say no that this I have come to learn deen so therefore this is the approach that I will have but what happened in time that as he continued to humble himself in this way he became finally Hibrul Ummah the very great Alim of the Ummah and his Fatawa and his verdicts are now being propagated in the ummah and his guidance has become a means of guidance for the ummah so the point is that he despite being a sahabi a high ranking sahabi despite being from the family of nabi sallallahu and having all the other privileges but when it came to learning deen then he humbled himself in front of his asatiza in front of his teachers and when he humbled himself allah taala elevated him this is the promise of Allah wa ta'ala, 
نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم سیز من تواضع للہ رفعہ اللہ من تواضع للہ رفعہ اللہ that the one who will humble himself humble himself for Allah Ta'ala not for any other purpose not humbling oneself for the sake of any recognition not humbling oneself for the sake of being regarded as humble not humbling oneself to avoid any kind of criticism that if I don't humble myself here somebody will say hey, look at this person he's so rude not even for that purpose neither for praise nor out of fear for criticism nor do we humble ourselves so that we will get elevated in the sight of people nothing nothing the only motivation is that I myself am the humble slave of Allah Ta'ala so I should humble myself with this motivation that I must humble myself for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure only full stop the one who will do this and has no other motivation Allah Ta'ala will elevate him one just cannot help but keep recalling once again especially when we talk about the qualities of humility and akhlaq then it is impossible to just pass by the topic without bringing to mind or without this flashing in the mind that the humility of Hazrat Muhammad Yunus Sahib Rahmatullah and this was not something that one or two people one dozen or two dozen people had noticed people no matter which corner of the world they were from and no matter how short a time they had spent in his company or they met with him somewhere whether it was in Umrah somebody met him some other country somebody met him but when you talk to the person and the person then gets talking that yes I met Hazrat at certain time one thing that almost certainly comes into the discussion is but what a humble person that despite the position and status he had what a humble person and when we look at that now and we look back then when we see the position Allah Ta'ala gave him even in this world whereas that is not necessary that a person will get elevated in the sight of people where people will all recognize him that's not necessary and that doesn't mean that if a person wasn't recognized he's got no status in the sight of Allah Ta'ala many a person is completely hidden but he has a very tremendously high position in the sight of Allah Ta'ala but some Allah Ta'ala grants them and makes it manifest and opens it out in the eyes of people also that what is the position and status of such a person so this is one such example where Allah Ta'ala opened it out for the world to see and when we look at that elevated position but we also look in the background of the humility so these things don't happen just without any kind of system in place Allah Ta'ala has a system somebody humbles himself only for Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala elevates him that with the seniors, with people junior to him, with people unknown to him, and with all and sundry, he humbled himself. When he humbled himself, Allah wa ta'ala elevated him in this way. So this was the lesson, and this comes from where? It comes from respect again. This humility also comes from respect. Or put it the other way around, it's a matter of the chicken and the egg, which came first. Basically both have to be done. That when there will be humility, humility will breed respect. And when a person has respect in his heart, that respect will make him humble. When respect is on the outside, then humility might get lost sometimes. But when the respect is genuinely there in the heart, then that respect will breed humility. It will bring about humility in a person's talk, how the person addresses somebody. Now there's two ways of saying something. One is to say it in a way which is abrupt, which is rude, which is uh, demeaning which is humiliating. And the same thing can be said in a kind way, 
with compassion, it can be said with respect and adab. The words can be chosen carefully to call. Sometimes it's an important thing to say. Somebody has to be told something. Maybe somebody is making ghibat now. So that has to be stopped in some way. But there's two ways about going, two ways to go about it. One is that you people got no other work to do besides making ghibat. You don't know how uh, that you're eating other people's flesh. Now what is being said is right. But if supposing the people one is addressing are ones a senior to one, in whichever way, it might be somebody from a senior class compared to us, it might be our parents maybe for that matter, it might be our aunts, it might be somebody else who's senior to us in some other way, or maybe our what we regard as our contemporaries and our equals. But we've got to do it with some respect. And the way to go about the same thing would be, for example, is that, uh, look, I am also full of faults. I need to look at my faults. And where I got the time to look at other people's faults, where I should be ever having the even thought of looking at other people's faults when I am so full of faults myself. Now, in a respectful way, we stopped whatever wrong was taking place by merely turning the whole thing to ourselves. So now one is to regard or to present ourselves as completely one above the rest and to keep running everybody else down. But the other is to do it with respect and do it with respect in a way where there's humility in it and to sincerely believe in our heart that this is the reality, not just to do it as lip service. But initially, we will make takalluf, do it though we might not think it is there in the heart, but we just do it in a deliberate way. But by deliberately forcing ourselves to do it in that manner with humility and with respect, in time, inshallah, that will develop the habit and then it will become the reality. So the point is that respect is not an optional thing. Respect is a necessary thing. Respect is a compulsory thing. And this is something that we have to all the time keep in mind that we maintain adab. We're talking about adab with parents, Unfortunately, nowadays, this has become a very common problem. And this is a common complaint of parents, that there is no respect left. Children talk to parents in any way. They address parents without any consideration. If they are upset about something, they will just lash out at their own parents and talk in any kind of language also. Inna lillahi wa inna raji'un. This is indeed a very sad state of affairs. When a community does not respect its parents, then there's very dangerous situations that one should be afraid of, very difficult conditions for later that one should be afraid of, because this kind of behavior, this kind of conduct, where parents are disregarded, parents are disrespected, this invites the wrath of Allah. So this is an extremely important thing to keep in mind, how we go about addressing our parents. Many a times, letters come, notes come, emails come, calls come, from parents who are in tears over how they were spoken to by their own children. And one will never appreciate this respect for parents until the day one has become a parent oneself. The reality of this one, if somebody has a sound heart, a clean mind, somebody has got good values, then they will understand it obviously. And inshallah they'll make amal upon it also. But the reality of it will only be understood the day one has become a parent also. But for now understand it without having had that foresight or that insight into it. But this is something which Allah Ta'ala is speaking about in the Quran Sharif. 
Nabi Islam has emphasized in the ahadith the respect for parents. And in the Quran Sharif, ayat upon ayat, وَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفِّوا وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا وَقُلْ لَهُمَا قَوْلًا كَرِيمًا That don't rebuke them. Speak to them in kind words. وَخْفِضُ لَهُمَا جَنَاحَ الذُّلِّ مِنَ الرَّحْمَةِ Humble yourself in front of them, out of compassion and mercy. وَقُلْ رَبِّ رَحْمُهُمَا كَمَا رَبَّيَانِي صَغِيرًا And make dua for them. Make dua for them. وَقُلْ رَبِّ رَحْمُهُمَا Oh my Rabb, have mercy on them. Just as they had compassion upon me when I was a little child, I could do nothing for myself. And I was totally dependent on for everything on my parents. If I needed to eat, I was dependent on my mother. If I needed to clean myself, I was dependent on my mother. I needed anything and everything. There was nothing I could do for myself. And those parents saw to my needs. Now the day has come when I am strong, I am healthy, I am fit. They have weakened with age. They have become, maybe some of them might have even become infirm and are not capable of walking uh, properly also. The day has come now when the tables have turned in terms of physical abilities and physical strength. And maybe they were not very educated and I am now very highly educated. The tables have turned in that regard. But nothing can turn the table in terms of the parent will remain the parent and the child will remain the child. The parent can be a pauper and the child can be a billionaire. That's still the parent. The parent can be totally ignorant and the child can be the most intelligent person of the time. That child is still a child. The parent is still a parent. The parent can be totally ugly and the child can have the best beauty, but that parent will remain the parent. The parent can be somebody without the various other trappings and trimmings of this world. And the child could have it all, but the child is still a child, the parent is still a parent, Allah Ta'ala has kept it that way, it will never change. And the person will have to conduct himself as a child till his last day with his parents. So this is the respect that Allah Ta'ala has made compulsory for parents. And together with that is the respect for the spiritual parents. All those who have been a means for deen reaching us. And without this, it is very difficult that we will gain deen, or will gain the knowledge of deen. Respect will wash it all out. There's one incident which keeps coming to mind whenever we are discussing this topic, and among the students, the madrasas, we, whenever we discuss this, this comes to mind. And I think it's probably useful for me to mention it here as well, that when we were studying, one student at that time, since I'm not taking any names and nobody will be able to even gauge who the reference is to, so I don't see any harm in just in generally mentioning the incident for us to take the lesson. There one student was somebody who was noted for his piety and all the other good qualities and somebody who was very well respected and things were carrying on. I'm just shortening it to the point. Nevertheless, one incident happened one day. Just to get to the crux of it. One incident happened and one Ustad hit him by mistake. By mistake meaning that the Ustad thought that he was the culprit for whatever happened. Whereas he wasn't the culprit. And in that heat of the moment, because it was a bit of a major thing that had happened at that time, and it happened right there, the Ustad turned around and this person was standing there. He thought he was the culprit. And he gave him a slap or a shot or whatever it might have been. Okay, this person wasn't at fault. The Ustad made a mistake. 
But now his response, his response at that moment, Allah knows best what overcame him, because it was out of character for him to do such a thing. He started getting into a kind of rage, and there was one, some glass or some bottle that was just within hand's reach, so to vent his rage and to try and show his uh, that how upset he is at, that he was hit wrongly, he picked up that bottle or that glass and he, he flung it, not at the Ustad, but he flung it in the opposite direction against the wall, on the wall. And obviously it all broke, it hit the wall and it broke. So when he started performing in this way, that Ustad just walked away from there and he went away. Any case, the matter obviously was reported to the office. This was out of character for the student, but he was called up and it was told to him that, look, this was not the thing to you to have done. It was wrong. If the Ustad made a mistake, then that could have been sorted out later on. But this behavior and conduct was wrong. And he was asked to go and apologize to the Ustad, which I, to the best of my knowledge, he refused to do or didn't do. He may not have refused, but he didn't do. Now, can we imagine somebody for years is carrying on in this manner, on a very positive note, for years. Several years have gone by, three, four years have gone by in this way. And he is noted for this kind of good conduct, good behavior, noted for his piety, somebody who is being respected by all the students, and even those stars are giving him good regard. And now this incident takes place. Any case that incident came and went, the Ustad didn't say anything further, and he didn't go to apologize also. And things seem to have carried on. But barely a month and a half, two months had passed from the day of this incident, and something else happened. And something else happened which caused this person to leave the madrasa overnight. Caused him to leave the madrasa overnight in such a situation where he would never, and I don't think he has ever put his foot into the madrasa again, in a kind of disgrace. Now those who weren't aware of the first incident, they were totally astounded. That what happened now? How? It just can't, doesn't make sense. Where do you put this two and two together? But those who were aware of the first incident, for them there was a direct link between these two things. That this world is after all a place of means. It's Darul Asbab. And just as a person eats to fill his stomach, to satisfy his hunger, he drinks to satisfy his thirst. So means are used. But this all happens with the will of Allah Ta'ala. The means don't do anything on their own accord. Otherwise the fire would have burnt Ibrahim also. But Allah Ta'ala willed that it must not burn, so it didn't burn him. So like there are means for all these things, there are other means also which are unseen. So sometimes when a person causes disrespect to deen, to the people of deen, to the aspects of deen, then Allah Ta'ala brings about some means to sweep the person out. Did you carry on? You're not needed here. Allah Ta'ala save us, Allah Ta'ala protect us, Allah Ta'ala protect me and all of us. This is a very important thing which unfortunately like I described last week that we sometimes cannot see the connection and I gave this example it it was towards the tail end of the talk and last week it got cut off for some reason I'm not sure whether this part was heard or not so it's maybe appropriate to repeat this example now that like for example as we are speaking here now and you are listening there in the madrasa but what I was told when this started, this audio streaming started, that what is spoken here reaches in one and a half minutes time to the madrasa. 
So there's a delay. It doesn't happen instantly. It's unlike the light switched on the wall. You switch the light on, on the wall and the light comes on immediately. So you can see the direct link that I switched this on here and that came there. But sometimes it's in the pipeline. It's coming through the cables. But there is apparently no effect yet on the other side. Something has been spoken here. The first word was spoken. And for a minute, one and a half minute is almost coming up. Yet there seems to be no effect. But up to one and a half minutes have passed and nobody cut the line in between. Then suddenly the effect is becomes visible on the other end or becomes noticed on the other end that one and a half minutes ago something was spoken there. Likewise, the aspect of adab, when we do something with adab, then its benefit is in the pipeline. Sometimes it might not be seen immediately. But later in life, when the person will progress, Allah Ta'ala will use him for deen, Allah Ta'ala will use him for great work of good, and he will progress in deen also, he will progress in dunya also. Nobody will be able to see the correlation, to see the link, that where did this come from? But the link is there to the adab that happened 8 years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. That adab is all now adding to it. And the bay adbi also, Allah Ta'ala forbid, if a person hasn't made sincere tawbah, hasn't rectified the situation, hasn't brought things into uh, back into line, hasn't cleared up the line by going and asking for maaf, if you have disrespected our parents, our ustads, our seniors, whoever, whoever, then this is in the pipeline. Now, sometimes years later, something hits. Person says, now what happened now? Another thing comes. Then a third thing comes. And Allah forbid, Allah Ta'ala save us. Allah Ta'ala save us from even thinking ourselves as better than anybody else. Nobody is lower than us. We are the lowest of everybody. But we should take an ibrat at the same time. I have seen some people in my life who they have not had a peaceful passage of time for maybe even one month without some major disaster coming of some sort or the other, some problem or the other. In some way or the other, something major, small things happen for everybody. And some major things happen now and then with everybody also. Allah save us, Allah ta'ala keep us in His afiyat. But where something is continuously happening, this too we should not pass judgment on. It is sometimes purely a test. And Allah ta'ala is elevating the person's position and status with those things. But sometimes it's something to take an ibrat from, that some of these people who were constantly bombarded, well, hit from all directions, when we look back into their lives, those who were away, there was many incidents of disrespect with their seniors, with their parents, with their ustads. Allah knows best, we are not here to judge anybody. But when you see two things of this nature, one on this side, which happened years ago and had a pattern of happening, a pattern of disrespect, and then you see this pattern of disasters, then without passing judgment, we should still take ibarat. We should not pass judgment. Allah knows best what is each person's end result is what will count. And we are in no way to judge anybody's end result. We don't even know our end result. We should be fearing that. And we should be making an effort and crying to Allah Ta'ala and begging Him to give us a good end and to make us enter Jannah without any reckoning. With the shafaat of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But we should take a lesson from these things. That this be this disrespect, is not a minor thing. It's sometimes done now, its effect is in the pipeline. It's in the cables. The sound will be heard later in time. Unless we clear that line up. Unless we go and sort that thing out, that sound will be heard sometime later in life. It might be heard maybe 10 years down the line. But unfortunately, this is how the system carries on. 
So therefore, this is something we should always be very conscious about. Hyper-conscious. Nowadays we talk about hyperactive children and hyper-markets and hyper-this and hyper-that. We should become hyper-conscious about adab. Hyper-conscious about respect. And we try to avoid the slightest amount of disrespect to anything, to the azan, to the Quran Sharif, to our kitabs, to the desk which we use in the madrasa, to our pen and paper, especially to the teachers, the teachers deen, and more so to our parents, and then to all the seniors of deen, whoever has become a means of passing deen to us, and then together with that, anyone and everyone we should be showing respect to, for the sake of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, yes, we don't condone anything that is being done which is wrong, any sin can never be condoned, and neither can we come, become a participant in that, with respect we will stay away from anything that is wrong, we will advise if we can advise the person, otherwise with respect we will separate from that situation, and we will stay away from the wrong things, but we will maintain respect at all times. And when we will do this, inshallah this will take us very far ahead, ba'adab ba'naseeb, be'adab be'naseeb, this is not just a statement, this is something which is, can be written in the, can be inscribed on stone, and it will remain, because this is something which has come through the ages, this is something that is established, and it is something that has been extracted from the lessons of the Quran and the Sunnah. So this is a very very major lesson, and it's a very fundamental lesson, and no matter how much we may discuss the importance of this, it will still be less. It will still be insufficient. And we cannot do justice to the discussion. Nevertheless, with these few words, inshallah, we will continue next week. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq in life. May Allah Ta'ala make us among those who are forever respectful, respectful to deen, respectful to our seniors, respectful to all the things related to deen. And Allah Ta'ala give us the true humility, make us humble from within, from our hearts where we truly believe that everyone else is better than us. What we can see is on the surface, but inside the person has such qualities which are beloved to Allah Ta'ala. And whatever else is wrong, that too will get rectified in time. The end result is what's going to count. And this person, Allah knows best what good qualities this person may have, which are more beloved to Allah Ta'ala than all the things I have. And therefore, we cannot look down upon the person. We'll look down upon any wrong that the person is doing. We'll dislike the sin, but we will never dislike the sinner. And therefore, we will respect every person. Any person that's got iman in his heart, that person will be respected. And then most of all is our parents. So may Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq and grant us this true reality of respect and the reality of uh, humility. And may Allah Ta'ala, wa ta'ala make us among his true servants. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللَّهُمَ لَكَ الْحَمْدُ كُلُّهُ وَلَكَ الشُّكُرُ كُلُّهُ اللَّهُمَ لَا نُحْسِي ثَنَانْ عَلَيْكَ أَنْتَ كَمَا أَثْنِيتَ عَلَى نَفْسِكَ جَزَ اللَّهُ عَنَّا نَبِيَّنَا مُحَمَّدًا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين